Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. I'm, uh, I'm Ty Turley, and uh, I feel like I'm... Well, you can't see me, but I feel like my beard's too long. I had well, that you thought, can see maybe. Me. <laughs> Every, everyone in my life has had that thought, and no one's, no one's said it to me. Well, okay, people have said it to me. <laughs> I mean, it looks good. It's a, it's a look. I don't know. What what look is Duck Dynasty? I don't know. That's less less appealing, I guess. This is, this uh, isn't this isn't the podcast problem. I'm sorry to bring my problems into the podcast. People like to see behind the curtain. It makes us more human. Uh they saw me now, they wouldn't they'd be they'd not be happy. <laughs> well, this week we're gonna be talking about Palm Springs. And uh before we get to that, we're gonna give our pick for sort of time loop movie. Uh, and I yeah, think, it, ha- it has to be Groundhog's Day. I, I think it almost does have to be Groundhog's Day. But you're gonna I'm say, giving a little zig. And what you're going to do, you're gonna do Live, Die, Repeat or whatever. I don't what even think that? of that one, but that is oh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Edge of Tomorrow changed its name halfway through, but I thought that's what you'd do. No, I was going to zig even more and be like, uh, stealing this one from you, Ty, but Russian Doll. A great time loop. Oh, but show that, that is a, a little great cheat. Time. I didn't even think about it because it's a show, and I don't let my mind go there. But <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so I think there are. Uh, it probably is Groundhog's Day, but it all started with Groundhog's Day. That really hadn't been done before then, apparently, from what I've read this week. <laughs> well, then I guess how let's let's transition into Palm Springs then. How do you think this movie handled that concept? Well, I mean, pretty good. It kind of made sense until she started doing the wacky science research that led to the explosion insight. But, uh, like, I guess everything seemed to sort of make sense. Yeah. In Groundhog's Day, did they ever explain why he's living the day over and over again? Or is it just so he can learn the moral, the lessons and become a better person? No, it's never explained. You don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I think when there's like a, oh, this is why we're time looping, it's less interesting to me. Like, just let it be happening. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And because any any explanation they give is going to be a little bit hokey and a little bit unbelievable. So why even bother? But also it had the cave. Like, it reminded me a lot of Lost. The secret <laughs> cave with the light that glows and... That's the key or something. I don't know. That's pretty hokey, too. Yeah, so I, I think the weaker parts of the movie are around the explanation or kind of how it happens. But Andy Samberg has that line where he says, well, she says something and he then he's like, oh, that's right. I never thought of the multiverse sarcastically. <laughs> but I think yeah. that line kind of betrays that this is because we have also the idea. I mean, that line reminded me of. Avengers was it supposed to? I don't know if they call it the multiverse, but there's all those time loops and alternate timelines and um, Doctor Strange. Wait, is that his name? Yeah, he's is. Doesn't he have multiple lines? And that's how they solve. I don't really keep track of the <laughs> Avenger movies. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of that crap. But uh, yeah, I think they do see different eventualities. That's his like power to see all the possibilities. And then, yeah, different things happen. So, yes. 
Yeah, because it it's it slightly raises the question of if he was there for millions of days, we don't really know. Lots of days before she gets stuck with him, then where are they in the timeline of life, of real life? And I don't know. Just because they start trying to explain it, then it raises all these other questions of are there a million versions of her, of everyone out in the world? Yeah, that's, I don't know, maybe a deeper conversation. Maybe you need to be on mushrooms like they were to talk through that. Yeah. But I, I think you sort of mentioned a thing that I really liked about this movie is that they don't they don't really say how long he had been in the loop. But it's sort of alluded to it that he's just been there forever, for, you know, for so long he can't even remember his life before it. Yeah. Why do you I, like that? I think it just it lets him show a little bit more sadness and like there's more weight to like it's not just a fun day he's he's having a good time but not having a good time right like he doesn't enjoy the stuff he's doing every day yeah yes but it does raise the i don't know i mean obviously i i think it's a i think it's a good premise i think that's why it's been used a lot of times in films i think it raises a lot of questions that's the point um but it does make he does seem kind of calm in that first day, the first day we meet him. And if it was really his millionth day, I don't know, wouldn't you have lost hope by that point that life has any meaning at all? Well, I, I guess I think he did think life had no meaning, but he can still live each day kind of, I don't know, trying to do something or have, I don't know, he's very cynical, I think, but sort of an upbeat person, maybe. Does he come out of that cynicism too fast for you, though? Because he comes out of it pretty fast. Uh, I guess we also don't know how many days they spent together, right? Like, I don't think we saw every single day they were together. I think, you know, maybe maybe they were they were together for hundreds of days themselves and having a lot of fun and doing stuff. Maybe. I think it seemed more like 10. Yeah, but you don't, I guess, why couldn't it have been a thousand? Well, they should have indicated that if that's what it was. <laughs> no, I, I think the person's like dissonance that I had a harder time with was uh, her, Chris, Christine Milati, how she, like, you know, obviously slept with the groom the night before the wedding. But that doesn't like she doesn't act like that's a problem until she sleeps with Andy Samberg. And then the next day it's a problem. It just seems to me like that would be. It was that was a weird sort of mental break in the movie. I thought they just wanted to re- delay that reveal. It was yeah. meant to be. A, it was meant to be. You know, it's very important that it was a reveal that morning, and it's like a classic uh, screenwriting pattern where you have your conflict. These two are at odds, but then they you, the goal is to get them in love, and you think you've made it. Halfway through the film, and right when you think you've made it, you have to throw another twist that makes it so that they're seems impossible now that they're going to get what they wanted. Yeah, it it just took me out a little bit to be like, well, why is now the time you're going to have a problem? I understand for a story that works. Well, it's not great if you're looking at a plot twist and saying that they did that in order to fit a pattern for stories. It should feel natural, (laughs) but yeah. And I guess maybe like. Once she realizes she does care about Andy Samberg and now has to wake up every day with someone else, like that, that yeah, could be tra- traumatic. Yeah. Uh, I, I think this this movie did a good job uh, 
staying pretty funny throughout the movie. I feel like a lot of times comedies start pretty strong or like, you know, like they use a lot of the jokes or a lot of the setups are early on. And then as things get more serious or they have to deal with the actual problem in the movie, it, I don't know, being funny is not as important. And I think, well, this movie also does that, right? Like she does have to go figure out the science stuff and they get together. I still think there are pretty funny jokes later on, or I don't know. I like, I guess I was still laughing throughout the movie and I appreciate that in a comedy. Yeah. I think it was pretty funny. Had a lot of good jokes. I like the, I mean, they set stuff up that pays off. Um, the relationships at the bar, the relationship with the guy who's got AK 47s or whatever out in the desert shooting. Yeah. Um, I don't know that they really pay off any of the relationships with the family or the wedding party, but at least they, they build towards those things. And then the one thing that I feel like they dropped at the end was the Roy to have him just like be a totally normal family man and have forgiven him. Yeah. But also, I mean, did you understand that last, the last clip of him at the bar? I think he was still in the loop, but Andy Samberg wasn't anymore. But that's a different Andy Samberg then, right? It's just the one from... Okay, we watched this with some people and they had the same question. I think it does make sense. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Just kidding, go ahead. Explain it to me. Because you reset every day, right? And you're just who you were when you woke up. Right? Like, they, they start over every day? Yes. And Andy Samberg made it out of the loop, continued with his life. But now Roy resets his day, and whatever his day is, Andy Samberg's just there and living his life. But he's not in that loop, so he doesn't know. He doesn't remember anything. It's a new day for him. It doesn't keep pulling back the Andy Samberg we were watching to redo this day just because Roy was redoing the day. It's a different, yeah, I think the multiverse thing. Another timeline. Another version of him, of Andy Samberg. Who just does that one day over and over again. But okay, but the fact that I still don't even quite understand that, and your friends had that question, do you think it's just inelegant? It's an Ill, inelegant solution, or do you think it's totally fine and we're just dumb? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think you're dumb. I I think it's fine, and it just leaves you kind of thinking about it. I I don't know. Is that bad to have a have questions coming out of a movie? Well, you think I it's just a plot like that's, hole? I just think that's not the interesting question. I mean, you, you, there's so many ways you so many scenes you could have gone back to with Roy that would have actually been interesting. Not what's the rules of, you know, the multiverse, but I mean, I had the question immediately when they were, when they were going in to blow themselves up, why didn't they invite Roy? Did you not? Oh, absolutely. And, and so that's much more interesting. That's character based. That's not about the rules of the universe. That would be much more interesting to revisit that in the last scene with him. I want to know why they didn't do that. Or did they? Well, she left him a voicemail. It's a, that's, I mean, that's how, that's how he knew about it. She called Roy and left him a voicemail. What? How'd I miss that? <laughs> I don't know. It happened. Did you hear her talking in the voicemail? Just the end of it, I think. And then. When? I'm certain when Roy talks to Andy at the end of the movie, the thing he says is, I got the voicemail. Like, what's going on? You guys figured a way out of here. But he was like a day late. I totally missed that. <laughs> I thought she was talking to someone 
I remember her talking on the phone. Isn't she? I thought she was doing some kind of a men's thing or calling a friend in case she died and would never uh, have a chance. I think it was Roy. How'd she get his number? <laughs> what do you mean? It's in the family. Just ask anyone at the wedding. Okay. It's fine. It's not a major point. I just was confused and I apparently didn't listen. I don't know. That again, this is why you don't go into that because it, yeah, it's, it either doesn't make sense or it doesn't hold up. Or there's just so many more interesting things to show. I don't know. But I, I, yeah, I liked it. Well, do you, I mean, I guess you, you did just say this a little bit. It doesn't really show her relationship with her family. And like things are pretty messed up. She's not happy with them. Are you sad that this movie doesn't show any development that way? Yeah, I mean, it's, yes, it's not the most, it's not the deepest movie for sure. I mean, he's a blank slate and remains so till the end, which is kind of crazy until he has a dog, I guess. But that's a very superficial detail too. And um, I think, I think with her, yeah, the one interesting thing I thought was she's she's pretty. Um, what's the word? Not nostalgic or not sentimental. Sentimental at all at the end, which I think makes her an unusual heroine in a romantic comedy. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's, it, I, I don't know. If, would you say the movie's about them, about him, about her? Oh, I, I think it's he's the protagonist. Yeah, and just like you know, in, in Groundhog's Day, there's some moral lesson, and you have to improve, and you get out of the the loop. In this, I don't know, in Palm Springs, it's just like, oh, she learned the science over maybe hundreds of days again, thousands of days, and ten days. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Ty's not sure about he wanted a little counter up in the corner. What day is this, please? I did. That's true. Uh, But yeah, it's like she just figured out the science and got out. Like, is there a personal development there? I don't know. No. Well, I mean, she 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 realizes she has the, the morning after the dinosaurs in this camping. She says, I'm not going to be a bad person anymore. And you feel like she's realizing that she shouldn't be a bad person anymore, I guess. That's true. Maybe her attitude changes or that gives her the motivation to figure out how to get out of there. Yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite joke or setup in this movie? Um, I mean, I think my I think the thing I thought the scene I thought was the funniest was his just the first speech. I thought it was hilarious when he was. <laughs> Just the shock on people's faces, but then how he delivers and how his girlfriend goes from being incredulous to being in awe. And uh and also um uh what's her name? Christine's reactions. Yeah. Yeah, I think kind of that leading into the first time he approaches her, where he's so smooth and, and like like obviously yeah. he's been at this wedding thousands of times and knows everyone's moves and like puts the chair under the guy who's falling and dances along with people. I thought just the court, like to choreograph that was pretty impressive and it's just hilarious. Yeah. Uh, okay. Also, I guess maybe the funniest thing now I'm thinking about it is when he gets shot with the arrow. That's so, that was <laughs> so, so shocking. So funny. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then like when he was re recapping, uh, I guess twice, like all the people he's hooked up with. 
And it's just some really random things in that. Those flashbacks and all the time. And then like all the times he gets caught by Roy and he's like, he's getting waterboarded one time and just like totally extreme. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Are there other things you liked or disliked about this movie? Um, it is interesting that Roy decides to stop torturing him once he has to go through the ICU experience with his broken pelvis or legs or whatever. That seems nothing uh, worse than dying slow in the ICU. Yeah, that's what makes him be sorry. I mean, it's yeah. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of really good themes in it. I think that's why this genre or this um, that type type of plot device device is popular because. You know, you start thinking about how it's kind of like marriage or relationships where you are, you do kind of end up being the only two in it forever. And it can feel like a repeat and you have to kind of work out or figure out where you get your meaning in that relationship. You are kind of in it together. I think that's poignant. And I also love the insight of the actions maybe don't matter because they keep Re- being reborn or reawakening up, but the pain, the f- the emotions matter, and that's real. Yeah, I thought those were very good uh, insights. Made, it makes the movie a little bit better than a average romantic comedy for me. Well, right, it's like Andy Samberg still has to live with the consequences of what he does in each loop, and he has to remember it. I, yeah, I think that is one of the more serious moments in the movie, but I think he he delivers it pretty well. I think I thought he was pretty good. I mean, he's often annoying to me on Saturday Night Live, but I feel like he was pretty honest at times. I thought the scene when they're camping with the dinosaurs was pretty great. They're both not schmucking it up. Yeah, sometimes I think he can do kind of pretty big reactions with his face, or it's you know it's a little like ex- I don't know more extreme. Yeah, but I I liked him in this movie. Also, I I thought he was a good fit. Did he participate in the creation of it or just acting? Like, like, do you know how involved he was? No, I don't know. I mean, he produced it, but that doesn't mean it still could have just been brought to him by a different writer. I don't know if he was involved in, I don't know, story or anything story at all. Yeah. I think it's gotta be daunting for someone like him to take on a story that's so similar to Groundhog's Day. I mean, I'm sure he had to think through that. Because Bill Murray is such a legend and that movie's so good. He probably just called him up. Yeah, he probably did. All right, Ty, what are you going to rate Palm Springs out of five? I'm giving it a four. I liked it. Yeah, that's a pretty high ranking. I, I'm i also going to give it a four. I think for a comedy and a, no, maybe no qualification. I think it's just a four. That's very, it was a good movie. <laughs> you can qualify it. For a comedy released on a streaming platform during COVID, a four. <laughs> well, it's a, it, it's got a little bit, it's a little bit different than that, right? It's a Sundance movie that, that Netflix. Yes, yeah, it was a Sundance. I mean, not, wait, did Netflix buy Hulu? The Hulu bot. Where did we watch it? Now I can't even remember. I think it's on Hulu. Amazon I think it's Prime on Hulu. Like, why, why can't I remember right now? Anyway, we just watched it this no week. No free advertising, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I don't think it, it doesn't have the feeling of a streaming movie to me, or I don't know. Maybe it's just mental, and I know it came, I know it was at Sundance, so that's the only reason I say that. No, it felt, it did feel high quality to me. 
Yeah. Okay, Ty, what else do you have to recommend for our listeners? Well, I watched a movie this week uh, called While We Live by a by a African filmmaker, uh, Danny Kuyate, um, that I would, uh, it's pretty good. He's, I think he must be living in Sweden now because the film's basically a Swedish film, but it's about a Gambian, um, immigrant in Sweden who decides to go back and he wants to be a rapper and can't really make it. Uh, but when he goes back to Gambia, he kind of finds his home and, um, yeah, it's a fun, it's a good look at immigrant life. The, the things that tear at immigrants. Okay. What, sorry, what was it again? The name? While we live. While we live. How, I mean, it, and the name, service, the name, is it available? It is on Canopy. Do you ever? So no. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever watch Canopy? Uh, uh, I haven't yet. If you have a public library subscription or a membership, you can probably get on Canopy for free. Oh, okay. I do have a library card. It, it, the name of it is Medan V. Lever. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm, uh, I've been pretty happy with um, HBO's new streaming service, HBO Max, and uh, all the different things that they've had on it. But... I have, so I have a pretty long kind of want to watch list of classic movies I haven't seen yet. And I've just been going through them. But the one I watched this week uh, was doubt with Philip Seymour Hoffman, Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. Yeah. And it's based on a play and it feels like it does feel like a play. I mean, it's a lot of monologues and talking and in different situations. Um, but uh, Roger Deakins shot it. So it is pretty. And I think the acting is really strong. And I, four different people were nominated for acting awards, so it is impressive. Nice. I haven't. I. I mean, I watched it when it was in theaters, but it's been a while. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. so much. He has the ability to go from calm to angry. He's very expressive in his face. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And even though you can't see it, my beard is twice as long as it was when we started this podcast. Oh, you're in a time loop? Yep. (laughs) I want you all to join me. This is Ty Turley. Oh, well, wait. Should he have done more to keep her from going in the cave? No, I think that was the wokeness of the... I mean, it's being written in this time when he had to respect her and she stood up for what she wanted. and. His was the emotionally immature, unhealthy choice. Okay. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Uh, Reed gets the last word in.